Welcome back for another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. Time to grab that board, catch a wave as we ride the surf and see what's latest and greatest in sales pipelines here with your one and only silver surfer himself, Matt Hines. You haven't called me Silver Surfer in a while. I thought I'd throw that in just to see if you were still there. You know, oldie but a goodie. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you very much uh, for the intro. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today on Sales Pipeline Radio. Very excited to be here with you again as we are every Thursday at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. If you are new to Sales Pipeline Radio, welcome. Thanks very much for joining us. We're glad you're here. If you're with us uh, for the mul- multiple times, uh, thank you very much for coming back. Uh, if you want to check out our past episodes, what we've been up to on Sales Pipeline Radio. We are interviewing some of the best and brightest in the sales and marketing world, giving you tips, advice, best practices, the latest on what's working to help engage and convert uh, prospects into closed business and B2B. You can find us on salespipelineradio.com. You can find all the past episodes on salespipelineradio.com. Make sure you don't miss a single episode moving forward. Even if you can't join us live uh, on the uh, Lead lead Management Radio Network, you can also check out all of the episodes on our podcast at uh, Google Play and the iTunes Store. Uh, and with us today, I am really excited. I am impressed that we were able to actually lock this guy down because he is one of the hardest working men, men or women. He's one of the hardest working guys in sales today. Uh, very excited to have Jeb Blount join us today. Jeb is a longtime uh, sales trainer, influencer, speaker, writer, uh, the author of books such as People Love You, People Follow You, People Buy You. There's a theme here we're going to talk about fanatical prospecting and the new book, Sales EQ, How Ultra High Performers Leverage Sales-Specific Emotional Intelligence to Close the Complex Deal. We have so much uh, fodder to talk about here. Really excited to have him. Jeb Blount, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on, Matt. It's nice to be here with you. I've been waiting for this for a long time. <laughs> well, man, I'm I'm just I'm just tickled that you that you that you found time because I think like every time I see a Facebook post or every time you know you check in with the the, the, the sales group uh, you know online you know you're always in some you're a new city you're at a sales kickoff somewhere you're speaking to broad groups and I think that access you know to sales reps on a regular basis you know to me just it, it, it tells me that you're you're keeping on the pulse of what's what's happening what's working what's not working and what's needed uh, in the sales industry to get so maybe just you know give us a little bit of a report from the field. You know, the reps you're talking to so far this year, the sales kickoffs you're seeing, what is what does selling look like in 2017 so far? What do we need to know? Here's what's crazy. This is probably going to blow your mind, but it looks exactly the same as it did three years ago, five years ago, ten years ago. It's, I mean, the things that salespeople are dealing with, just the average salesperson, it's the same stuff. Now, we have a, a, a much different world that we live in. I, I hear a lot of people say, and I think this is a good blog fodder, you know, sales is harder than it's ever been. And I hear people who have never been in sales very long who say the same thing, but honestly, sales is easier than it's ever been because there are more channels, more ways to fill your pipeline, more ways to become the silver surfer, if you if you want to say that. But there's more more, more opportunities for salespeople than ever before. And the reality is I think that new salespeople don't recognize how broad the field is and how open it, you know, the doors are to them getting in and seeing people and filling their pipeline up. And I think that older salespeople, people who have been around for a long time, they see it, but it's a little bit overwhelming because there's just so many different avenues to connect with prospects and customers. But I, but the, but the issues that salespeople are facing, you know, the, being able to have a conversation, the right message, being able to advance their deals, to ask for the next step, to close, to prospect, to pick up the phone, to, to interrupt someone in their day, no matter how you do that, 
All of those issues, those are common to salespeople and they're the same issues that salespeople have been dealing with since 1920. I mean, it's the, it's, it's just the, the everyday grind of being in sales that, that hasn't really changed that much. Just the playing field has shifted a little bit. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that. I think, you know, in a lot of ways, sales really has become a lot easier. I think about, you know, my dad sold, uh, you know, t- a tractor equipment for 35 years. And, you know, he he sold in a very different environment where he did not have resources like LinkedIn. He did not have database management tools that put someone's phone number like in the palm of his hand on a computer that was also his phone. I mean, th- that he could take with him anywhere. I mean, so like all kinds of things to make it so much easier to sell. But some of those advantages also make it a lot harder. Uh, right. I mean, you've got a lot, you know, more people clogging those channels. You've got a lot of people, even if they have bad messages, you know, they are clogging the attention of the decision makers you're trying to reach. And even if you're coming in with a good approach, even if you as a sales rep are bringing value to the conversation, uh, it can be incre- increasingly difficult to break through, to get your point across. Um, you know, what is your, and, and, and maybe this goes back a little bit to your, you know, sort of what you wrote about in your previous book, uh, Fanatical Prospecting. Uh, how, how do reps today, whether you're in inside sales or field sales, like how do you break through using some of these greater tools, but still build pipeline for yourself? Let's be clear. It's always been hard to break through. Always. It's never been easy to break through. I mean, in, you know, when we had email and going out and knocking on doors and the telephone as our option, say, go back, you know, 10 years ago before social really became one of the core channels. When we go back before that, we had the phone and knocking on doors and say, going to networking events. I mean, that was what we had before that. It's always been hard to capture the attention of prospects, especially the best prospects, because everybody's trying to capture their attention. And today we're, you know, just inundated by information that comes from every possible format. And we have all these devices that we're looking at all the time that the, what the, the hardest thing you have to deal with is that this, the attention span of every human being on the earth, except for people maybe in third world countries has diminished and deteriorated because we just, we just have so many things coming at us. So as a salesperson, I think today more than anything, you need to be succinct and you need to be precise and you need to be relevant and you need to be persistent. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you a real quick story that happened just this morning. A guy named Richard from a company called Refract and it's a coaching and training platform. And they're interested in doing business with us because we're a big coaching and training company and called me this morning and got me on my telephone. Now, this cat has sent me one of the best prospecting emails I've ever read, and I wrote him back and told him that back in October. I mean, just want to think about this. So this is October the guy first started talking with me. Now, you mentioned in the preview that I'm on the road all the time. Honestly, I haven't even been home since December. I'm on the road all the time. When I'm, I'm home and I'm in my office, I'm in the studio today, I answer the telephone. This guy's called me. I bet he's left me 20 voicemail messages. He got me on the phone a couple of times, and I passed him off to people on my team. Hey, go meet with them. Go meet with them. My people on my team weren't really helpful for him. Today, my phone rings. as He's on the phone, and I go, well, you caught me at a good time. I've got time. Go. I was coaching him a little bit because he started, like, telling me the whole story about how he got there. And I said, Richard, here's the deal. You got me for a few minutes. Be relevant. Tell me specifically how you think you can help me and why we should be talking. And he got a clue. This guy's really, really smart. He got a clue, and he he, he honed in on exactly what was relevant to me. And we signed a contract literally five minutes before we got on the telephone. We signed a contract with him and his company. Now, this is months of his work and being persistent. Yes. Most salespeople will give up way before that. They will give up light years before that. 
But if I just go back to the mid-90s when I was carrying a briefcase and selling, I mean, sometimes I'd have to call people 20, 30 times in order to get their attention. It's just what I had to do. So so this and – and I know that everybody feels like in their world it's unique. I just want to – make sure that people get this it is hard it is not easy there's no fairy dust there's no magic pill there's no easy button that you can push to make this happen this guy richard selling for his company did a brilliant job and oh by the way he's in the uk and i'm in georgia so he did a brilliant job of being consistent and working and being persistent and having a cadence until he got through because he knew that i was a buyer who needed his service and he was right once he got my attention and we got talking, I mean, I couldn't help not buy from him because his product's that good. Well, that is such a great story with such great lessons. We're talking today with Jeb Blount, who is a featured author, speaker, uh, sales trainer, the author of Fanatical Prospecting, the new book, Sales EQ, which we're going to spend some time talking to talking about here. But I also I want to ask you about outbound. So, you know, Jeb, you're you're you know, you're one of the world's top 30 social selling influencers, according to Forbes magazine. Uh, but you also were the co-producer of the recent uh, highly successful outbound conference. And there's you know, I think you and, and some of your fellow presenters there, including uh, Mike Weinberg, and Anthony Inarino and Mark Hunter have been have been talking a lot about inbound versus outbound, a lot about social selling versus versus just you know more traditional prospecting. So as someone who is a proponent of prospecting, fanatical prospect, who is a proponent of outbound and also a social selling influencer, uh, how do you balance those different those different approaches together? How do you make sense of that from trying to figure out how to actually sort of build my pipeline? Well, I think that's the key. I think the use of the word is balance, right? So inbound and outbound go together phenomenally well. I was just – the world will know this, but we just put up one of your courses. Thank you for working with us on Salesgrave University. And I was going through the videos, and I was watching what you were teaching people about content marketing and why that's important. And you have amazing resources on your website, by the way, Matt. And, and if you know, I know that you're, you've got a, a loyal audience here, but if you're not reading Matt's blog, you need to go read the blog because the information you have on there about content marketing and inbound marketing – are, are beautiful and they're practical and I love the way that you talk about it because you aren't telling people this is the only way. Sit back and wait for people to call you. You're saying this is one of the mechanisms, this is one of the systems that you have to employ in order to build a vibrant and, uh, and, and, and high-velocity pipeline. And I've got the same message. My message is, look, if you're a sales representative, some of your leads are going to come from inbound. I mean, I, it would be hypocritical for me as an expert because I sell books and I sell training programs and I have a big website and I have a blog and I have a huge social presence to say that you should only do outbound. You should do both. problem that I found and one of the reasons why we think that the outbound conference resonated so well and it was hugely successful as soon as you said it, i got a big grin on my face because it was just it blew my mind how successful it was and we had so much fun doing it is that their salespeople are in some ways starving these are these are just like you said in on the field salespeople in the field salespeople they're starving for someone to tell them the truth and the truth is is that you can't post on linkedin you can't hang out on twitter or instagram or facebook and you know wait for your marketing department to deliver all your leads you can't do that you have to be part of the system. And by the way, you may find this interesting, Matt, that the number one role that hires me and my company for fanatical prospecting is the CMO. We have marketers who hire us to come in because, and their number one message, like usually the first sentence on the phone is, I need someone to come in and teach my salespeople that I cannot be the only source for their leads. There's right. no way I'll ever be able to provide them enough. And 
it's marketers who are invested in inbound marketing, invested in content marketing, invested in filling the pipeline, but realize that they're only part of the system. Inbound and outbound go together really, really well. But anytime you become one-sided, anytime when you say the only thing you need to do is LinkedIn or the only thing that you need to do this or the rest of the morons that are walking around the world telling people that this is dead or that is dead or this is dead, they're all wrong. It's balance and it's moderation and it's looking at every channel that you have and leveraging all those channels based on your unique situation, by the way. So, for example, if you're a brand-new sales rep and you just walked into a territory, you better, by God, pick up the phone and knock on doors and send smoke signals, and you better get used to cold calling because that's what you're going to have to do. If you're like your dad, you've been selling you know, um, you know, know, tractors and, 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 and capital equipment for 35 years and you've been in the same territory, well, you're going to be a lot more relationship-driven and referral-driven. You're going to have a very good clue of when buying windows come up, when equipment needs to be replaced. And so you're going to shift probably more to referrals and more to inbound and relationships than a brand new rep. And my message, and I'm glad that you asked me, and the reason I think outbound resonates is that it's, it's not lying to people. It's not pandering to their fears. It's just telling people the truth about what you have to do in today's marketplace to keep your pipeline full. And like you, Matt, I mean, I believe in this, and I believe that content marketing is is massively uh, important for companies to employ. And done the right way with the with the sales team that's doing outbound, you'll I mean, you'll kill it. You'll absolutely um, control your marketplace, and you'll gain market share faster than your competitors will. Yeah, I agree, boy. Uh, if if only you get a little passionate about this stuff, Jeb, we'd be in a lot better shape. I, I see a lot. There's so many people that talk about these things are dead. You know, cold calling's dead. All these things dead. When I hear people say something's dead, I think two things. One, uh, they're trying to sell me the alternative, which is mostly the case. Yep. And two, when I hear someone say that it's dead, what I really hear is it's hard. And people don't. Yeah. We want to try to find something that's easier to find something that's going to work faster. And oftentimes, there's just no shortcuts. You got to put in the work. You got to do the work to get this done. We're talking today with Jeb Blount, who's the author of Sales EQ, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Uh, want to make sure you have a chance to check him out. Uh, he has a ton of great resources, a ton of great content. Check him out at salesgravy.com. That is gravy as it sounds, like biscuits and gravy. Salesgravy.com. We'll be right back. We got to ch- pay some bills. Back with more with Jeb Blount. We'll talk a little more about Sales EQ and how to master emotion intelligence to close more deals. This is Matt Hines in Sales Pipeline Radio. Building a sales development competency is critical to lasting revenue growth. Learn how to grow your business and register for the Modern Marketers Workshop, Sales Development, the Essential Building Blocks for Revenue Growth, a fully online interactive workshop on June 6th and 7th from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Pacific. You'll learn how to build a scalable, united sales and marketing engine to lead your organization toward your revenue objectives. Visit www.heinzmarketing.com slash workshops. That's H-E-I-N-Z marketing.com and register today. In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity or a blueprint for a guide to what's really working and how to apply it specifically to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and conversion. That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. Download it free at HeinzMarketing.com. All right, let's bring back Matt. But before he jumps in with his guest, I have a quick question. Can you tell us a little bit? Uh, tell us a little bit quickly between there's a modern marketer's field guide I can get for free, and then there's a right. modern marketer's workshop. How do, do those two work together here? 
Well, the, the, the key there is the modern market, right? I think, you know, both with the field guy as well as with our workshop, um, you know, I think there's an awful lot of marketers that still act and operate uh, as the arts and crafts department. And, and I have nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with arts and crafts. I just I want marketers to be focused on metrics you can buy a beer with, right? The, the same. I, I think B2B marketers need to have the same metrics the sales team does. The sales team's focus on sales. The marketing team should be focused on sales. And so, you know, there's a lot of marketing that has to happen that is not sort of directly sales driven, but that mindset that they're working towards pipeline creation and closed deals. Like that is the essence of modern marketing. So, you know, with our book and our workshops and a lot of our content, even as Jeb mentioned, you'll find on our blog, um, it's really focused on helping marketers not only understand and embrace that, but also operationalize it uh, in their efforts. Okay. Well, maybe Jeb will tell us more and how all that works together here. (laughs) Well, you know, thankful. I'm I'm just so thankful we've got Jeb for the time we have today. There's so many more questions we could be asking. Uh, You know, I'm going to just, I'm going to shortchange myself on this too. Like, you know, we usually talk a lot about sort of coming up on sales pipeline radio we have amazing guests coming up in the next several weeks yada 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 you can find them all on salespipelineradio.com or subscribe to the podcast but let's get back to jeb because we've only got about you know 10 more minutes or so to, to wrap things up uh, on the show today and jeb i want to talk about the new book sales eq and you can find this book on amazon.com you can find information about it on salesgravy.com help our listeners understand what exactly is sales specific emotional intelligence what is that and how do you leverage that uh in a sales environment we start looking at modern sales and we look at where buyers have come from and where they are today. One thing that I think we, we can all agree on from, as a, from mar- as a marketing standpoint is that customer experience has become a really important part of your entire marketing paradigm. And in fact, in some cases, we would call customer experience, if we were to let, you know, to rank things, delivering a better customer experience um, is in fact one of your core marketing channels. Well, the same thing happens in sales. We know through empirical data that the buyer's emotional experience of going through the process with a salesperson has a higher and or, 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 or increases the probability that the person's going to buy from the, the seller uh, more than just about anything else that you have. So it's, it's more important than prices, your, your features, your benefits, any of those things. And the emotional experience drives that. And what self-specific emotional intelligence describes is how salespeople manage that emotional experience inside the context of a commercial conversation. And if you think about human relationships, there is no relationship in your entire life that is like a commercial relationship between a seller and a buyer. It's a, it's a finite period of time. It's uh, highly emotionally charged. Each person is trying to get an outcome that they desire, and each person is afraid that they may lose something, or you know, which can include their you know losing face, or uh, or, or being treated poorly, or not getting the deal. Uh, and so you've got this crazy, crazy emotional stew that commercial relationships between buyers and sellers operate in. And what we know to be true is that the sellers who have the acuity to manage their own emotions and know and understand their own emotions while managing the emotions of their buyers have a higher probability of getting the outcome that they desire. And the people that are really, really good at this, if you take a look at your sales organization, they're in the top one to five percent of your sales organization. And I call them for no other reason than it was the term that I came up with. So, but I call them ultra performers. These are the people that are beyond the, the Pareto principle. They're beyond the top 20 percent. They're the people at the top of the chain. And what they do very, very well is they manage that buyer's emotional experience. Instead of the buyer buying your products or services or prices or features and benefits, 
they're buying that particular seller. They're buying the, that relationship. And that's how those sellers are creating deep competitive differentiation. So you talk about complex selling and there's, there's a fair amount of literature, including yours on sort of, you know, sort of mastering the complex sale. And, you know, if you're, if you're interested in sort of modern reading on that, I think, you know, your book, Sales IQ is great for that. Uh, mastering the moder- mastering the complex sale by Jeff Thal is good. The, the challenger content is good on this as well. It seems to be the marketing response to a lot of the complex selling work has been, account-based marketing or ABM as it's called is, you know what's your perspective on the account-based marketing movement is that a good complement to some of the work you're doing around sales EQ and the complex selling uh, strategies no offense to the marketers but account-based marketing is not new I mean account-based marketing has been around forever I mean and and when I was carrying a briefcase in 1992 and we were selling complex deals with account-based marketing we would work with our, our marketing department you would typically identify your top 100 best customers you would understand who the stakeholders are in those particular accounts and then you would develop a marketing plan that would be reaching out over a, a long period of time that would be basically creating familiarity creating messaging uh, sometimes doing really from a pull strategy standpoint, pulling those particular stakeholders in and getting them to seek more information. All of that was true then and all of that is true now. The difference now between then is that most of that was done via snail mail uh, and today it's done digitally and there are so many different places that you can that you can reach those stakeholders. So account-based marketing and strategic selling or working in the complex deal and, you know, in, in account-based marketing works best, in my opinion, with long, longer cycle deals, because in a lot of cases, your, your goal is to get in very early. So, for example, where Challenger, the model that Challenger has that fails for me is that their whole idea is that you're getting in, you know, long after the person is, has been down what they call the buyer's journey. And the reality is, and you know this and I know this, is that the seller who's in at the very beginning, who in essence, in some ways, and where account-based marketing, I think, really works well, is teaching the buyer how to buy, right? In, in, in that, in that paradigm, the seller and the marketing department that are tied at the hip and they're identifying, you know, particular accounts and identifying long out, you know, so, so buying windows that are far out into the future and they're beginning the process of both creating familiarity. So moving the seller and moving the company and the brand into the buyer and the stakeholders familiarity bubble through the, through an account, you know, um, based marketing, you know, focus. I, I think you, you have a you have a, a, a winning strategy and you have a powerful strategy that works. Where it breaks down is when marketing and sales aren't aligned. And so right. marketing is going down, you know, an ABM strategy or you know an ABM process, but they haven't they haven't lined that up to what the the, the strategic sellers or the you know the account executives that are going after the complex deals are actually doing. So you have the same problem. The the account executives are getting in the deals way too late. Sometimes because marketing pulled them in, sometimes because the buyers are, you know, seeking the safety to reduce their risk by getting some other opinions. But the reality is, is that ABM and strategic selling or complex sales works best really on the process when they're totally aligned and when you're, you're building a strategic and, and this, by the way, is tied to fanatical prospecting as well. You're strategic, you're, you're creating a strategic prospecting plan that is integrated with ABM. Uh, you can't lose in those situations. You're, you know, you won't get them all, but you'll, you'll be able to go after your conquest accounts, your dream accounts, and you'll be able to do it in a very systematic way. The reality in the real world is that that's a unicorn and it happens maybe one or 2% of the time. In most cases, it's complete, you know, chaos and no one's aligned and no one is doing it very well. And even we go back to, you know, the nineties when we were, this is what we did. 
um, account-based marketing was what we did, even then, you know, most of the salespeople failed because they, they weren't they weren't communicating with marketing. They weren't choosing the right right accounts to focus on. So a lot of resources were wasted marketing into the wrong accounts. Again, today, because it's digital, you can afford to have some fudge room. You can afford to waste some resources and time on the wrong accounts. But it's much better as an organization, marketing and sales, if you're disciplined and you're making the right decisions on where to place those resources. I'd agree with you. I mean, I think alignment is a key part of this. And if we were to take ABM off the table, whether it's a new thing or an existing thing or it's just, you know, sort of a, you know, lipstick on a pig, whatever we want to call it, I think if there's any residual impact that it has on the frothiness it's at least had within the the marketing community, hopefully it's an embrace of revenue responsibility. Hopefully it's an understanding that, you know, your job as marketers is not to create uh, leads or clicks or retweets or open rates. Your job is to create sales uh, and alignment around objectives, alignment around definition alignment around the entire buying process together is key. Uh, in the couple minutes we have before we wrap up here, Jeb, and I want to thank you again for joining us today, Jeb Blount, author of Sales EQ. Highly encourage you to check out the book, be able on Amazon, learn more about Jeb and read more of his stuff and sign up for his newsletter. Just he's amazing content at salesgravy.com. You mentioned that you get a lot of calls from CMOs uh, that want to help their sales team be better. Um, you know, I, I love that, say, that it's coming from CMOs, but my fear is that sometimes CMOs think that they're fine and that sales is the problem. And then, you know, there's finger pointing back and forth. You know, quickly in the last couple of minutes we have, like what, what are a couple sort of best practice or action items that both CMOs as well as CROs and VPs of sales can follow to really sort of lead the alignment that you're talking about? Well, yeah. And first of all, I don't think that, that ABM is lipstick on a pick. I think this is. I think it's real, and I think it. I think it works. I think we're calling ABM a lot of stuff that's not ABM. ABM is very specific to a particular account where the messaging and everything that you're doing is relevant based on the strategy to move the salesperson into that account. So, your final question to me, that's where marketing really plays. I mean, marketing should be doing things that generates leads and creating leads. Marketing should be creating collateral and material that supports salespeople. I spent a good bill of my time uh, in marketing um, when I was in the corporate world as a liaison from the field to help marketing understand what salespeople need. So just spending time with your salespeople, understanding when they're when they're actually talking to a customer, what's the process and, and really what's the thought design around that. From a, a CSO standpoint, from you know, from the sales standpoint, just quit whining about the leads. I mean, for God's sake, if, if I'm a, if I'm a salesperson and, and if I'm the if I'm the CMO, I know why CMOs call me because they're just tired of it. If you are in sales and you run the sales organization, the organization, hear me. Stop whining about the leads. It's not the marketing department's job to give you leads. It is your job to run the pipeline. The pipe is life, and the sales organization owns the pipeline. Period. So if you don't have enough leads, go out and make your own leads. And the marketing department, if you see the sales organization busting their rear end and going out there and building pipe and building leads, then that ought to be a message to you that it's time for you to pour the gravy on. Just keep on working. Keep on driving the leads into the system, everybody working together. But I have no sympathy for sales organizations that whine to marketing departments about not having enough leads. You just won't find it. I'm, I'm absolutely tough line when it comes to that. It's your responsibility in sales to fill the pipe, period. 
Awesome. Pour the gravy from the uh, from the founder and uh, and author of SalesGravy.com, Jeb Bond. Jeb, I want to thank you again so much. Just really appreciate uh, Paul. I think we may have set a new world record for number of words uh, in, our, in our. We got two fast talkers here today, uh, but a lot of good a lot of good information. If you want a replay, if if we went just way too fast, which is entirely possible, and you want to hear a replay of our uh, episode today, you'll definitely find that up on SalesPipelineRadio.com early next week. You'll also find it via our podcast at the iTunes Store and Google Play. You'll find a transcript of this conversation with Jeb up on our blog at HeinzMarketing.com in about a week as well. I want to thank Jeb again very much. Go check him out at SalesGravy.com. Learn a little more about Sales EQ. Get a copy of the book. For my great producer, Paul, thanks again so much for joining us. My name is Matt Hines. This has been Sales Pipeline Radio. Well, you got two for one today here. You got twice as much content as you expected. But that's to be expected on Sales Pipeline Radio, brought to you by Matt Hines and Hines Marketing. <laughs>